Welcome to the world's premier Black Crows podcast. State of America. Hosted by two of the band's most dedicated fans, David Hudson and Ian Rice. And now, let's get the show on the road. All right, everyone, welcome back to the State of America podcast. My name is David, and as always, the man on the other line is Ian Rice. Uh, Ian, how are you doing, buddy? I'm all right, sir. How are you? Oh, man, I'm great. Summertime, or close to summertime, is here, and uh, weather's heating up, and it's uh, a little more fun to go outside. You're in Mississippi, man. (laughs) Summer started, what, at the end of February? Come on now. (laughs) We don't even have a spring, man. I know. (laughs) Straight from winter into into the seventh circle of hell. I'm up in New York. It was was cold up until like uh, six minutes ago, you know, so. (laughs) I know you guys were getting snow like a week or so ago, right? Yeah, it was yeah a little bit back. It was like threat. It never really materialized, but there was this you know threat of it, and it, it, all the meteorological things lined up to look like it was going to be snow. But it was cold, I'll tell you. But it's been beautiful here. Beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful as it can be when you spend you know ninety percent of your time indoors. <laughs> yeah, that's you for know? sure. But it's a good time to listen to some music, though. Yeah, and it was a good time to. Uh, it seemed to um, be uh, doing a, a little home live stream. But uh, unfortunately, there was a little uh, error with that that left uh, a lot of fans shaking their heads and shaking their fists in some cases. Uh, <laughs> yeah, as as we record this, it was supposed to have taken place last night. Uh, the yes. pros said that it will come out this week. Some of our Canadian friends that were able to capture some of it have sent some of it to us. The, the set list was uh, Soul Singing, Remedy. And- it was five of their pretty... Yeah, the, five major hits, really. I, I'm telling you, they missed a great opportunity coming out of the quarantine to do better when you're not alone. Yeah, that would have been uh, <laughs> that would have been something. I mean, I wasn't I was a little annoyed at the time because uh, I was looking forward to it so much. But, you know, what, what can you do? You know what I mean? It, it, it's coming, you know? Yeah, it's coming. And like I said, I'm going to reserve judgment uh, to find out what really happened. Uh, I know a lot of people were having fun at their expense last night online. And we did a uh, we did a Facebook live right after it was supposed to have aired so uh, and, and talked about it and kind of had some fun with it. And then turn on your notifications for Facebook and Twitter if you follow us. We're going to try to do those Facebook Lives uh, a little more often, but we're not going to record them and put them up. So it's just going to be, uh, if you're in there with us at the time, um, we love to chat with you. We had a, had a good talk with some people last night and had a lot of fun. It is worth mentioning, a very important thing that we wanted to get out there, um, we are again uh, helping out our buddies over at uh, Nucci Space, a great nonprofit organization that uh, a friend of ours, Mr. Uh, Dave Chamberlain, works there and is heavily involved with, of course. You know, like everybody else uh, caught up in the uh, COVID-19 situation, they're looking for alternate means to keep their, uh, keep their doors open, so to speak. And uh, they've come up with something from their archive. It is from is a, a beautiful Black Crows tour poster from the 2013 tour. Uh, signed by all members and uh, very nicely framed, and they're going to be doing a uh, an eBay auction for it. So uh, you know, stay tuned to our our social media pages, and we'll be posting a link there shortly. And uh, you know, really, if you can get on there and uh, try to get this little uh, piece of history there for yourself, it's really nice, right, David? It's real. It's extremely nice. Uh, you may be bidding against me uh, <laughs> for it. Uh, it uh, Dave sent me a uh, a picture of it, and uh, it's really cool. It's nicely it's nicely framed. 
the signatures are all very visible. Uh, it's it's a it's a cool tour poster, and uh, all that money is going to go to Nucci Space, which uh, you know we've talked about helps um, musicians there in Athens, Georgia that um, need some help. Uh, mainly, it's like a suicide prevention, but they provide uh, practice spaces for musicians and they help uh, people that have uh, mental illness. They help them to get um, the help that they need. So it's a great cause. It's a really cool piece of memorabilia, and we're going to post the links to it in our social media. And so uh, hopefully uh, we'll raise a, a lot of money for them, and, uh, like we did at Christmas. We raised a lot at Christmas through, through our auction. So pay attention to social media, and we'll get those links out to you. Yeah, and you know, we realize that everybody, uh, you know, everybody's feeling the hurt in the wallet these days, and we're not uh, you know, trying to push you too hard. But if you have the means and it's something you're interested in, you can, you can help them. That would be a fantastic thing, and we, we would greatly appreciate it. But I guess the big real news is the tour since our last episode has been officially canceled. And um, yeah. I, I know there's, I think it may be different in every market. Like I got an email saying that the show is going to be rescheduled. We're not giving you your money back right now. Once we reschedule it, we I think it said they have 60 days to reschedule it. And then they'll give you your money back if they don't reschedule it. But they also made it sound like if it's rescheduled, you have the option of getting your money back if you don't want to go to the show. Depending on when they reschedule it and like what the other shows are going to be, I may get my money back from that one and, and, and get tickets to another one. We all knew it was coming. It was going to happen. Uh, I just don't see foresee there being any touring of any size the rest of the year, at least at least for the next couple of months. And... Um, in a way, I kind of think this this saved them a little bit. That they were put in some big places to play, and by looking at the at the ticket sales, they weren't selling. I mean, they were selling okay, but they weren't going to fill them up. And hopefully, they can rethink this thing. Maybe do some, you know, two or three thousand seat theaters, which I think is perfectly plausible. Touring behind Shake Your Money Maker, and uh, it'll you know a, be a more intimate experience than than playing some of those sheds. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't really clear because you know it came it came across as uh, postponed, and uh, you know it you know, obviously said they would honor the tickets at the rescheduled dates, but it didn't say that it was necessarily at the same venue at the same general time next year. So you know, who knows what it'll be? I mean, I I, I understood it to be once they rescheduled the dates, you had six, a sixty day window to that may be it, get yeah. a refund. Yeah, I think that's I, that's how I you know I see a lot of people uh, commenting. Uh, on social media and things, you know, like as if they're they're not willing to give the money back. But I I really think the number of tours and shows and and events that have to be like pretty much all simultaneously canceled. I mean, it's probably quite an undertaking, and then you know you just gotta unfortunately try to be as patient as you can. I don't think that you're gonna get screwed on this, you know. Well, and I think one of the things that's gonna happen though is. I think ticket prices are going to go down because you're going to have so many people trying to get out on the circuit again, and there's only a finite number of dates and places they can play. And, you know, I mean, a quarter of our country is unemployed right now. It's not like money is just going to be available for everybody like it would have been a year ago. Mm. And so I think you're going to have you're going to have so many shows. There's going to be this everybody's going to be fighting for those tickets. And I think ticket prices are going to go down. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see there being some truth to that, and you know, ultimately, it might help the the fan in a way. I mean, I know there's a lot of times 
you know, I'm not a wealthy person by any stretch of the imagination. There are times I, you know, I got to pick and choose what shows I'm doing because I can't do them all because of the the prices are are what they are. You know, so I still would like to see them do some type of package, kind of like the the Tedeschi Trucks does that Wheels of Soul tour. That might be the way to to go. I'm telling you, man. Crows, Blackberry Smoke, and Marcus King—you'd have yourself quite the bill. No, but yeah, that would be that would definitely be a uh, a great choice. Yeah, like maybe that's maybe that's the way to go. You know what I mean? Like uh, obviously, you know, Tedeschi Trucks kind of saw that. I mean, they're they're quite a big draw, but you know, they there's a lot of value in package tours. I mean, do you think that Def Leppard would be playing stadiums right now if they didn't have a couple of other acts in tow with them? No, right, right. And it's no shame in that that they've been yeah. around a long time. They've what is it they say in uh, Spinal Tap? Uh, their appeal is becoming more selective. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and that's kind of the the way to do it now. I mean, a couple years ago, you had Def Leppard and Journey. You know, of course, Kiss does all these pa- has done a lot of package tours. Um, you know, you have these kind of like Wheels of Soul tour. Uh, Blackberry Smoke was going to do something similar to that. I think it was going to be called the Southern mm. Revival or something like that um, yeah. this summer with. Um, the Almond Betts band and uh, JMO and uh, I forget who else. We talk about it in the interview, but yeah, that would be great. But um, if we, you do it right, it, it's perfect. You it, know? If you do it right, it's perfect. And if you do it right, you somebody like Blackberry Smoke, it would expose them to uh, a lot of people and, and Marcus King as well. And then can you imagine like the jams, the guest appearances they oh. could do? I mean, it would be, it would just be sick. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, if they do it right, it's. Per- I mean, there's a lot of bands I've seen that don't package themselves with the right people. I don't think they. It's too much of a mismatch, or you know, you know who's who's good for that a lot is uh, Three Eleven. I'm not the biggest Three Eleven fan in the world. I used to be years ago. I, you know, I follow them, but anybody they've ever partnered up with, I said, well, I'm not interested in seeing that. So you know, it, it pro- prohibits me from seeing them. You know, right. Speaking of like odd combinations. I was reading the other day about um, one of the Monsters of Rock tours in the 80s, and it was like, I think, off the top of my head, I think it was like Van Halen, The Scorpions, Metallica, Kingdom Come, Dokken, and stuff like that. And this, I think, we've been around the time that Injustice for All came out. And I think, if I'm wrong, people will tell me, but I think Dokken had to go on after Metallica. Oh, Jesus. I mean, can you imagine? You know, you go from uh, Injustice for All to Alone Again. Uh, yeah. you know, that's brutal. I know. We know, them, the, I mean, and the crows got put in some of those type situations early on. Yeah, their experience on Monsters of Rock it was like Pantera, Metallica, ACDC, and the Black Crows. Right, and it's, it's, and nothing. I love all of those uh, other bands, uh, very talented bands. But uh, like, it's like which one of these things is not like the other? You know, it's right. It's, they never kind of fit into that. They were never metal by any stretch of the imagination. No, uh, and I don't think people knew what to do with them at that time because no. The, you were either one camp or, or the other, and, and they just were kind of in the middle. Well, speaking of Blackberry Smoke, our guest this week is Britt Turner. He is the drummer and one of the founding members of the band. That was a fun one f- for me to hook up. Uh, I've been a big Blackberry Smoke fan for a couple years now after seeing them live. And like I mentioned in the interview, I, I, in a lot of ways, they remind, their live shows remind me of the Crows. Lots of jamming, lots of cool covers. Uh, not necessarily the most obvious covers that they do. You know, some of them are, are kind of obscure. And uh, they just have a cool vibe to them. And they're extremely good to their fans. One of the most fan-friendly bands I've ever seen. I had a good time interviewing him. Oh, absolutely. And I, I would like to say to people, if you know, if you're 
you know, if you haven't delved into Blackberry Smoke at this point and you listen to Brit talk and you're you're interested in getting some of their music, please uh, please do go directly to their website uh, and purchase things from their merch store because that's at this time when when artists are struggling, I think that's the way to help them best and most directly. And uh, you know, I I went there. They have some great stuff in their merch store. I bought a uh, an autograph uh, piece of vinyl for their Southern Ground Sessions uh, little EP they put out, which is fantastic. And so yeah, if you're if you're thinking of doing that, just you know try to do it directly from uh, the artist. In any case, but particularly Blackberry Smoke because they have some some great packages on their website. And if you're wondering why is Britt Turner coming on a Black Crows podcast, uh, you've, I've heard a lot over the years about their history with the band. And it wasn't until this interview that I realized it goes way back. Yeah, they've known you know they've they've known these guys since uh, you know year dot. I mean they're just uh, and and Britt mentioned some very interesting things. I won't spoil ahead of it, but uh, some things that made us you know during the recording look at each other like, oh, that'll <laughs> be fantastic to, for people to know. Yeah, and so they have an, an EP coming out. Uh, we talk about it where they went to. Um, uh, Capricorn Studios in Macon, Georgia, and recorded songs that were recorded there uh, from Capricorn artists. So that's coming out June 19th. We talk about that in the interview. Big thank you for Britt for coming on. He was a super nice guy. We'd love to have him on again in the future if possible. I think that's going to wrap it up for right now. So from Blackberry Smoke, here's Britt Turner. <laughs>
All right, Ian, uh, we've been really excited about our next guest ever since uh, we found out it was a possibility to uh, have him on. We've talked about Blackberry Smoke on here numerous times. I'm a big fan of them. You're a big fan of them. Um, saw them for the first time uh, three or four years ago. They came through here with uh, Tyler Bryant and uh, the Shakedown, and I, I saw them on the Wheels of Soul Tour and uh, just blow me away every time I've seen them. Uh, their, their live show is, man, it's it's on up there, some of the best I've ever seen. So. Uh, it's really, it's a really cool honor to welcome to the State of America podcast the drummer for Blackberry Smoke, Britt Turner. Hey, don't you have a sound effect right now where people are cheering? <laughs> we, can add, <laughs> we can add that in. Well, I have one. I have one. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, hey, Britt, for, before we get into any talk about music, how are you holding up with the uh, quarantine? I'm good. Um, it's strange to not be on tour or to be off tour for so long. Um, you know, a little, uh, I think everybody's got a little anxiety and, uh, but you know, I try to keep busy and, um, you know, just coming into, I come into our warehouse every morning and play the drums and pack up some orders, you know, FedEx and USPS still running. So I come in here and do that. Well, normally about this time of the year, you and I are probably deeply uh, following our Braves. 
Nah. Uh, well, you know, I gave up on the Braves. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, early, honestly, I tried to invest like twenty, twenty-five dollars a year in a hat, and uh, and they took that money and did really nothing with it. So, <laughs> oh, well, they they unfortunately have me hooked for life for, for good or bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, I usually get over there uh, a couple of times a year, and uh, I grew up in um, Ted Turner's grandparents' house. No, oh, really? <laughs> and uh, yeah, he actually he actually they, writes about it in his in his book. It's really weird. And my they, dad they has kid, like a, a letter from Ted Turner, you know, talking they about kidnap his, they kidnapped you or something. You know, like, <laughs> is it a, is it a ransom note or <laughs> <laughs> no? But uh, anyway, so I've just been a big Braves fan since I was like five years old, and I just I can't I can't shake it. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, it was it was uh, it was great growing up and going to see some games, but sports, I don't know. <laughs> they're Sports. there to break they're there to break your heart man yeah exactly well um brit so blackberry smoke has a uh an ep coming out uh in june on june 19th i believe which is actually my birthday so i've got it ordered uh it'll be coming in the ep it's called uh live at capricorn sound studios and uh can you explain to everybody uh just kind of how that came to be because it's it's songs that were recorded there if, if i'm got my information correct on that Right. Almost all of them were. And uh, I mean, basically how it happened was, uh, you know, we had this tour planned for this summer with the Almond Bats band and Wild Feathers and J-Mo and um, called Spirit of the South. So when we're promoting that, uh, the thought was, hey, why don't you guys go down and uh, record some songs that were, you know, some Southern rock songs and uh, we can use that as promotion for this tour. And we were like, all right. Um, we basically just uh, agreed like we do to everything. <laughs> and, uh, and we just, uh, it actually sounded like a lot of fun anyway, but um, we, we go down there not knowing that right around the corner, we're all going to be organizing our closets uh, <laughs> for, mo- for months, you know? And um, so once we did that, uh, you know, it kind of, it kind of was like a, let's, Oh, let's do this song. And then the next, the couple days later, Charlie would send, let's do these two. And I was like, well, wait a minute, how many days are we going to be in there? Uh, uh, it's only one day. Well, let's go down there and just do whatever we can get done. So we ended up doing six songs and, and, uh, it turned out, it turned out cool. And, you know, I mean, I'll, we always look at stuff and we're like, man, I think our fans would really like this. This is, this is pretty cool. And, um, but I mean, you know, we never had the thought to put a, a, a cover out, you know, a cover record or release or anything like that. And uh, uh, then all of a sudden we're off the road and we're like, well, now what are we going to do? Well, let's maybe put this out. It's uh, people are excited about it. I'm excited about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, for those who don't uh, who don't know the significance of, uh, of, of the Capricorn label and, and everything, maybe you could uh, fill us in a little bit. Yeah, uh, well. You know, it's uh, based out of Macon, Georgia, which is uh, not far from Atlanta here. And uh, I got I got family there. Grew up going down there for holidays and stuff. And uh, obviously, to people like me, the Almond Brothers made it famous. But uh, in the beginning, it was started. Uh, that studio was started by um, the Walden Brothers and I think Otis Redding. It was meant for like their business operations and recording, um, I believe. Then, uh, you know, like all other labels are like, well, let's do this with some more people. And uh, they just kept adding from there. And then 
you know, the Allman Brothers came along and, you know, <laughs> that was that. And, uh, you know, Marshall Tucker and Wet Willie and those those bands are a big part of our our youth. You know, I mean, the radio stations growing up around here played that. And, you know, we thought the whole world knew all these bands, you know, and and uh, and then they did. I think Mercer, the college has, has uh, revived all this and um, put a lot of money into rebuilding it. So everything kind of like lined up and we went down and recorded and it was a special thing. They've got, they've got museums down there along with the big house, the Almond Brothers Museum. So make a day of it and go down there and check it all out. It's pretty amazing. Watchbread Panic was on that label originally as well, weren't they? Right. Yeah when it kind of, cause there was a little bit of resurgence with Capricorn in the nineties. I heard about it, but I I don't, I don't really, I didn't really follow. I'm I'm sure that's when they were involved, but but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, Sam cook and then they had some others and then, you know, it's hard, it's hard to keep a label up and running. Uh, um, All all sorts of things happen, but. uh, Well, you, uh, you mentioned the uh, spirit of the South tour, which I was going to try to catch two of those shows. And, you know, if we're ever able allowed to go out of our house again, hopefully that, that takes place. But was the Wheels of Soul tour, was that kind of, did that kind of plant that seed in your mind of something like that? Those Wheels of Soul shows were so good. You guys would come out and play with uh, Tedeschi trucks at the end and so with shovels and rope. And yeah. unfortunately, your show here in Jackson, y'all set got cut short because of a thunderstorm. So it was yeah. only about 30 minutes or so. But um, was that, does that kind of plant the seed in your mind for trying to pull something like this off? Uh, no, it just kind of reinforced the thought of how much fun it could be. You know, I mean, obviously that tour, the wheels of soul tour was great. Uh, those, that band treated us so well, you know, and, um, and made us feel a big part of that whole tour. And, uh, it's just bands like them and the black crows. I mean, that's, that's kind of where they got that idea is from touring with the crows, you know I mean? but just other bands collaborating on tours, just it's fun for the band. You know, it's great that the fans love it, but honestly, you know, some bands go out and play the same set every night. And uh, that's not anything that we've ever been interested in doing for many reasons. You know, one is that we, we don't want to, we don't want it to turn into a job. It is our job, but we don't want it to feel like we're right. clocking in and clocking out. We want to do something and push ourselves, you know. So there's got to be like the, you know, the coach in the band. It's like, hey, let's do this. Crouch down. Let me hear some chatter. <laughs> you guys have always, uh, you know, shown a lot of respect to the artists that came before you. And, uh, you know, today, more so than ever, music seems to be obsessed with with labels. And, uh, you know, you, you guys uh, technically fall into the southern rock category and although that that's evolved since it kind of first came to be you know in the in the 70s there i mean do you does it bother you to be labeled something like that or do you kind of embrace that and kind of roll it i don't yeah it doesn't i'm not bothered by it at all i mean i think i think some people think that something else negative comes with uh being a southern rock band but i don't i mean i don't i don't we don't need um we don't necessarily need to be labeled but i guess when you choose categories uh, online or whatever, you, you don't want to not put that in there because um, we feel like Skinner fans may like us because we toured with Skinner and, and they treated us like family and we got a lot of fans from those tours. And uh, 
so it just makes sense to put that in there but i don't i don't i don't see it negative at all that's uh if somebody calls leonard skinner uh southern rock i i'm honored if they call us that too right well i mean you grew up obviously you grew up in georgia and you had a lot of music around you i, I think you and i are, are somewhat around the same age uh you know you had rem in athens you had driving and crying you had widespread panic also um how important was were those georgia musicians at, to helping to uh to form your musical taste and kind of how you would go forward with your own band well i mean you know we we were just excited by what was on the radio. I didn't have cable growing up. My friends did. And I would always go over to their house and watch MTV when it first started. And of course, MTV played um, all kinds of stuff, you know, and then, but, it, but at that point I was kind of into uh, Judas Priest and Iron Maiden probably, <laughs> but, but of course, you know, uh, being uh, from Atlanta and around uh you know, I lived in Smyrna and there was a, some music stores and stuff around there that we would go and hang out at. And, you know, there was always the, well, the Skinner folks and, and, um, uh, you know, uh, Georgia satellites later on. And, and, uh, but REM, you know, getting back to the question, I mean, I, I was, I mean, Athens seems so far away, <laughs> you know, from us it really did but um but it was different than what what i was into at the time and i wasn't really not necessarily into rem until uh i think my brother went and saw him at the fox and he was like uh that was an amazing show and so you know started listening to it and of course then you see all the videos but not necessarily into that but driving and crying was a big band that was that was local and and people had like it was cool to see somebody doing something oh they got signed to a label wow let's check let's watch that explode you know and um they were they were another one that was so huge on the radio in atlanta atlanta supported them so greatly and uh and um later on i I moved to new york with some guys playing in a band and and i remember meeting somebody from island records and i was like yeah back driving and crying and they were like i don't i don't handle that i'm saying yeah but you i mean they're on your layout I, I don't know who you're talking about yeah i mean so that leaves a bad taste in your uh mouth about labels immediately you know but it's the music business <laughs> <laughs> well i mean obviously this this podcast is centered around a very big act from uh in the Georgia area, you know, the Black Crows and, and, and clearly Blackberry Smoke has a, uh, a history with the band. Uh, how did you guys initially cross paths and, and, and what's your relationship like with them? Well, I, I definitely, I saw Mr. Crow's garden at the white dot, I think it was in Atlanta. And, um, back then, like you just wanted to see live music. It wasn't necessarily like you were uh, checking them out to be like, are they great or not? You know, it's just like, you just wanted to hear loud live music and, uh, <laughs> And I, I remembered them and uh, fast forward, I ran across Chris at, at uh, um, this club called the Pyramid Club in New York. Um, we were just trolling for those record label parties that had free alcohol, really. And <laughs> got in there and uh, I saw him at the bar and I was like, oh, what are you doing here? And, and he said, oh, we just got signed to Def Jam, you know, and I said, well, isn't that a rap label? <laughs> <laughs> He was like, well, they're doing, you know, all kinds of music. And, and uh, the, then 
maybe a month or so later, I'm in back in Atlanta at some 24 hour bar and I see uh, hard to handle video come on the screens there. And I'm like, Oh man, <laughs> they've exploded. And, uh, and just to watch them, you know, rise to the top. They're definitely one of my favorite bands. I'm excited about them playing this year and touring and being able to hear that stuff live again. Well, like I said, when I, when I went to see you guys about halfway through the set, it just kind of hit me. I was like, these guys, they, their approach is basically the same as the Crows. They don't do the same set list. Uh, they, they jam some, they don't jam. Their jams mean something. They're not, they're not pointless jams. Um, and Thank you. they, which I think is a huge compliment because I can't stand somebody that just, you, you've got to, it's like the crows with my morning song. Sometimes it would, you know, get 15, 16 minutes, but you had that massive payoff in the end and, and yeah. you, you guys' jams do the same. And you also throw in cool covers. Um, you know, not, you're not necessarily playing like, you know, highway to hell or, or back in black <laughs> or something like that. You guys are playing really, you know, tasteful covers and it just hit me. I was like, these guys have taken it up where the crows left off and they're going to be the next band to, to move this forward. What was your live show with the crows, a big influence on that? Because it sure seems like it. I, I would imagine. So, I mean, yes, I, I love that about the black crows as well. I mean, I was never a, a jam band kind of person and I missed the whole widespread panic thing in and around Atlanta, uh, growing up. But, uh, but I do remember when they were starting to jam a lot and it was, you know, people noticed, <laughs> but whether they liked it or not, but uh, I, I always thought it was so tasteful and so great the way they brought uh, things in and out of these deep, deep jams and, and would come back into their songs that were so good to begin with. And uh, it's a big payoff. There's a rumor that's been going around. We've heard it uh, for for a long time uh, in the uh, Black Crows, you know, fan community that uh, Chris Robinson had something to do with naming Blackberry Smokes. Any, any truth to that? Oh yeah, uh, he did. Um, after many attempts by other band members, uh, you know, we didn't have a a name that we could use, and uh, you know, it's, at this point, we just wanted to play a show, and uh, and and I was like, oh, let's ask some people that are in bands that have done so well that they obviously can't change their name <laughs> at this point. Maybe they've come up with a name, and we're like, shit, I, we should be called this, but we can't do it. And uh, so we asked uh, the, uh, Chris and Steve, and uh, I think they were pretty much the only ones that weighed in. And, and uh, finally, Chris said Blackberry or the Blackberry Smoke, and we we're like, "Ah, oh, it sounds cool. We'll, do, we'll use that." You know. So, well, obviously, your brother is in the van with you, and throughout the history of rock and roll, whether it be the Kinks or Oasis or even the Black Crows, there there seems to always be some kind of drama between brothers and bands. I've never heard that about Blackberry Smoke. So how how have you guys managed to avoid some of those pitfalls? I don't know. I mean, well, our dad didn't really let us fight much. <laughs> he stopped that pretty quick. And, uh, you know, I think one time he said, uh, I'm going to make y'all kiss if you fight anymore. So we never we never fought <laughs> again. Now, I don't know. I mean, we we toured so long in a van, sadly, that uh, that we all pretty much know how to get along. We know when to not push each other's buttons or 
it's always fascinating. It always seems to be it always seems to happen with uh with these bands with brothers in it. Um, one of our uh, listeners said they spotted you or talked to you at the uh, Brothers of a Feather show in Atlanta. I didn't get to catch one. The tickets sold out so quick that I couldn't make arrangements with work to to get there. But did you enjoy yeah. the show? And was it good to see those two finally playing together again? <clears throat> yeah, oh, it was great. I mean, they obviously have a magical chemistry, you know, and and uh, it's it's also cool to see them do those songs just one guitar and well i think uh, rich didn't sing that night because he was what well, the rumor is he's patient zero by the way i don't know if you've, that, this <laughs> is how that. rumors start but uh but <laughs> yeah yeah he um he was sick that night so he didn't sing but uh but i watched videos from uh, other shows and it was really cool to hear them play and sing together one of the things i'm looking forward to on the tour is I feel like when Chris had the CRB, obviously he didn't have to sing in the same way that he does with the Crows. And I feel like it's preserved his voice. Um, and I, I feel like he, his voice is, it's, it's more powerful now than it was then because he hasn't, he hasn't had to get over Rich's volume or Mark's Ford's volume. You know, they're a very loud band. And so, uh, I mean, do you sense that as well? Uh, I don't know if it preserved. I think he just kept singing and he's a, a great singer. Uh, that, and you know, if you, quit might uh might sound kind of crazy if you start up again but uh he's a very musical guy seems like he's uh not happy unless he's playing all the time and singing all the time so well oiled i guess <laughs> well Britt, we uh we really appreciate you you know taking a few minutes to to talk to us and uh, i guess one last kind of parting question is when when will there a decision be made about playing live shows this summer man i don't know i think it uh I don't think there's going to be one switch that gets turned on necessarily. Uh, I think it's going to start in certain, well, of course, Georgia's obviously, Hey, everybody goes get a tattoo, but, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but that didn't mean you have to go get one. But um, I think it's probably going to be a little bit of a trickle effect where they're like opening small venues first and then see, see if a bunch of people die and then they'll open some more. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Um, I don't, I don't, necessarily think that bigger shows are going to happen quick but i hope so you know i mean we miss playing and um we don't necessarily want to play for a room full of people with mask on but but <laughs> damn it if that's what we got to do we'll go do it you know <laughs> but uh you don't know if they're talking you don't know who's yelling at you <laughs> and they all got masks on Right. I'm sure I'm sure Charlie would still sound good with a mask on. <laughs> yeah, Singing. they are. They are in deep uh, design uh, right now about a mask with a microphone in it. That was on our text thread the other day, which is, you know, <laughs> mostly memes. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, I want to tell everybody they can go to BlackberrySmoke.com and uh, pre-order the uh, covers EP um, that's coming out June 19th. Uh, it, the two songs I've heard are great. Uh, this band puts out quality music and, and more importantly, they're good to their fans and yes. th they treat them with, with respect um, just by the way they play, the way they interact with people. Um, if you haven't listened to them, go, go start listening. Their live album that they put out last year, man, is just, it's a juggernaut. Uh, just absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It was, it was in my top, I think five albums of the year last year. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And um like we always do, we let our guests pick uh, what song they want to play out. And Britt told us earlier he wants us to play out with the classic Midnight Rider by the Almond Brothers, their version coming off their EP this summer. Britt, it was a pleasure. We enjoyed it. Stay safe, stay well, and uh, 
I hope to meet you at a show here in the future. Thank you so much, man. Take care and stay tall.
Hang on, it's a State of America bonus track.
Thank you.